Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Good Network. I'm your host, Mike DeFran, joined by Karen Lee from the Hope for the Warriors, uh, which is the partner, is the nonprofit that we partnered up with, uh, working with our warriors, both active members, uh, as well as our, our current veterans and supporting them and their families. And our 5K is dedicated to a backpack drive as well as a couple other, you know, back to school things and, and monetary donations to Hope for the Warriors. So we brought Karen on. Karen's going to talk about her involvement with nonprofits going from where she started, which is turkeys. And believe it or not, having a connection of turkeys all the way through um, her work with Hope for the Warriors. But I'll let Karen tell that story because she can tell it best. But Karen, welcome to Good Network. Thanks so much for having me, Mike. I'm excited to be here with you. Awesome. Awesome. And we're excited to have you. So I figured we'd start with our – have you ever run a 5K? Have you ever been involved in something like that? Right. So I have never run an actual like road race, like a a 5K, you know, but I did do um, a mud run one time. So that was, gosh, a few years ago, um, a group of friends and I actually, I was in her wedding. And, um, so some of us who were in her wedding, she, we got a group of girls together and decided to do this mud run together. It was the leatherneck. So you were like doing all these obstacles and you had these, um, guys from the Marine Corps like yelling at you the whole time. So it was pretty intense and it was really fun, but I kind of equate it to like childbirth. It was really rough at the time, but you can look back on it fondly after the pain goes away for sure. Now, was that your first 5k, your only 5k, something that you, you find yourself doing often? No, it was my first and only. So I guess I haven't gotten over the pain yet totally, but I, I will say I, <laughs> just the the work that I, I do right now with hope for the warriors that I get a chance to uh, to take part and, and be a, a very encouraging onlooker um, for the five cakes that um, that that we're partnering with or that we host ourselves and uh, have a lot of admiration for the people who come out and are so focused to to run but then also to the people who are just dedicated to um, supporting supporting the cause so I'm an encourager. I guess that's the best way to describe being not a runner. <laughs> well, I, I think encouragers are just as important, right? You know, you need you need people. You, know, you said you did it with a group. Yes, I feel like that always makes a difference, right? Like that's why I think things like CrossFit are so popular these days. Is yeah, it's a, it's a pretty good workout, but it's the the communal aspect of it and the holding yourself accountable to setting a goal or something like that, you know, right, that positive peer pressure. Yeah. I've noticed the boys, you know, the guys and I have been training. There's two other guys who we've all emailed interchangeably. So I'm sure you've seen a few of us uh, on the chains, but um, Tom and I are, are very competitive in, in almost anything we do. Right. And I'm, actively training to try to try to beat his time on the 5k he was always a soccer guy so his his distance is pretty good but our buddy mike shivo isn't really a big runner and i mean he started off i'd say running nine minute nine and a half minute miles and he's really seen some progress in training for it and it's been fun 
in this short little stint of preparing for this 5K where we got people that Tom and Shiva are active, but they're not really runners either. You know, you could be active and hate running or not running. And just seeing them get excited and get behind it is, uh, you know, it's cool. It's cool to set your mind on, on a goal uh, for a short period of time, if it, if it, especially if it, it means you're sporting charity. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I mean, I I'm a, have become a Fitbit addict, I guess, is the best way to describe it. So I'm not a runner, but I like mm-hmm. to walk just because just even having those those small goals that don't seem like they're a whole lot. I mean, when you think about, you know, individual goals, but then you like bring a community together behind something like a five, right. and it really makes a difference. It's that exponential effect of, of how, um, when, when you're getting behind a, a nonprofit or getting behind, you know, even if it's, um, just, just being a part of your community. I mean, those types of things are great motivators that, um, just our icing on the cake. Sorry for the cliche, but uh, but icing <laughs> on the cake for when you're actually um, you know, just you know try to do something for yourself and benefiting other people in the process. No, I, I totally agree. Um, that's definitely been been something that Shivo and Tom and I have taken away from it is is the process along the way and just it's not necessarily running five miles in one day or a 5k every Sunday. It's, it's the little things like doing a mile every day that really make a difference and add up. Um, so you mentioned being an onlooker. Have, have you, and obviously we've spoken about this prior to this interview, but describe for our listeners a little bit of what a backpack drive looks like backpack drives and back to school drives that you've seen in the past and how they benefit and impact the families that they're going to serve. Right. So I hope for the warriors and our backpack initiative is fairly new for us. And it was kind of born of born from a, um, a notion. And when you look at post nine 11 military families, and that's uh, the demographic that we serve primarily as what we actually serve as post nine 11 veterans and their families and caregivers and, and families of the fallen. So it's that younger generation of, of military, the military community that we're serving. And, um, you know, a lot of people didn't know, and I didn't know until I started here at hope that, you know, these, you know, these are young families that are, um, you know, experiencing transition they're experiencing a lot of change and and sometimes it's a challenge for them when they're um out of school for the summer and they're not in you know um government supported um, programs such as lunch programs and breakfast programs and things like that that are you know very helpful for them as as these young families and so for us to just do some a small gesture that says here's a backpack here's some school supplies um here's some some foods um, like non-perishable, like peanut butter and um, juice boxes and things like that. Um, it's a gesture that goes a long way. And then with different partners, we've been able to add um, books, you know, donated books um, into those backpacks. And also, too, we have a great partnership with Food Lion. And um, through their Food Lion Feeds initiative, uh, they provide gift cards for some of our backpacks um, initiatives that allow these families to go and, and purchase fresh fruits and vegetables. So, it's about nutrition. It's about um, just giving a hand up and a little bit of encouragement to our military families when when they they need it the most. 
and that's really what it, you know, what it's all about. I think a lot of times the 99% of us that don't serve, and we talk a lot about this whenever we have military veterans on or people that serve with organizations such as hope, but it's that you don't really experience or could begin to imagine what it's like after that, that service is over. And when you're back in the States and it's not, it's not the same for everyone. And for those that, you know, do have a more difficult time, it's really not all that difficult for us to maybe get out, organize on a Saturday. Heck, it happens to be around the 4th of July, which is a celebration of our freedom as a country anyway, and getting out and giving back a little bit, whether it's a backpack, a book, um, back to school supplies, or even monetarily. Um, you, you mentioned that, and I, I'll let you describe more about it, but transitioning towards hope for the warriors as your involvement, you've been in the nonprofit organization for, I mean, it seems like almost your whole working career. Am I wrong? No, you're, you're correct. I've been in nonprofit work for about the last 20 years. (laughs) Now, did you know, I mean, when you first were going to college and thinking about your career, did you know that you were going to, transition work into the nonprofit space? I, you know, I didn't, I would say I've always had a, um, I guess a compassionate heart, if you will. I mean, maybe, maybe I'm giving myself too much credit. I don't know, but I always thought that about myself, but I actually went to school and my degree is in biology and I minored in journalism. And at the time, I think now you would call it like strategic communications. So it was right. kind of a cost communication studies. And um, I knew that at that time that obviously I wasn't going to be a biologist or anything, but that I wanted to study something that I was passionate about. And, uh, but I did want to go into, into journalism or media, some sort of um, media opportunity. And that's actually what led me into taking my, first job opportunity, um, which our first career opportunity, which was for a conservation um, hunting organization, National Wild Turkey Federation, um, over 20 years ago. So got to nonprofit work through my interest in, um, in media. So it was really, (laughs) and I was wondering where you were going with it, with the biology and journalism and how, how it was going to transition into working in nonprofits. But so you start with where? What what organization do you go to first? So you know, it's really that proverbial three legged stool for me to where it you, you have an interest in the natural world, which I did, or I had mm-hmm. an interest in the natural world. My skill set and what I was really interested in doing was writing and um, just all you know, types of media. So that was a, a, a big interest in mine as well. And then you. you round that out with that third leg, which would be just wanting to make a difference and, and wanting to have meaningful work and wanting to have a diverse um, resume of opportunities that that nonprofits really offer people. Um, you're not going to get rich working at a nonprofit, that's for sure. 
but I will say the the things that I've experienced in the last 20 years that have been um, either trips or the people that I've met or just the lessons that I've learned in the nonprofit sector um, have been a really fulfilling life for me, have you know, created a very fulfilling life for me. And um, that's just something that has transcended when I started those first 18 years that I spent at the National Wild Turkey Federation and built that skill set and afforded me to build the skill set that I needed to transition over into an executive um, position at the um, at Hope for the Warriors. So you talk about having a job that's fulfilling. When, whether it's working for the Wild Turkey, National Wild Turkey Federation, or an organization like Hope for the Warriors, what what about the job being fulfilling is rewarding to you? I think it um, it becomes really rewarding when you're actually experiencing the work that you're right. doing. So easy for us, I think it's easy for anybody to sit behind a computer, um, do that administrative work that goes with any job. Um, you sometimes kind of get caught in, in that and it seems mundane or you just kind of get your wheels are just spinning and you're just like, Oh my gosh, you know, it's no different. No matter where you are, you have good days or bad days. But the cool part about nonprofit work for me has been when I get to step outside and actually experience direct impact and, and meet people who have been directly impacted or, you know, in my previous career, see habitat or see, you know, see areas of land or get to see part of the country that um, has been positively impacted by the work that the organization I work for that, that we do. And my role has always been in the, the marketing or the awareness or the fundraising or, um, you know, awareness through media or events. So it's I'm not the one that's actually doing the work, but I feel like the work that I've always done has really supported um, moving that work forward you know, through those elements of awareness and fundraising. And no, absolutely. That's, uh, you know, it reminds me a lot of, I heard this podcast that, that I continue to go back to. It's a Ted radio hour talk. Um, and they go through when wolves were reintroduced back t- into Yellowstone in like the nineties, like like ninety six. And I, I promise this is going to relate to nonprofits. I, I hope. <laughs> but when the wolves were introduced back into Yellowstone, initially, you know they they preyed on some of the deer, but what they did was they changed the behavior of the deer to stop going into the valleys and the gorges and eating most of the vegetation. And by changing the behavior of the deer, they were then able to more grass and more trees and more vegetation were to grow. And then more birds and more insects flew back into those areas where the vegetation was. And and then obviously there was more small game like beavers and foxes and things for prey birds to put on. And, and what I'm getting at from this is that just by the wolves being in an area, there were so many indirect benefits from that being, being in there. In fact, it strengthened the, the soil 
so that the banks of the rivers were stronger and the actual river flowed stronger because the banks weren't eroded and turned torn down. And I tell that anecdote or that story because I feel like a nonprofit plays that role in a lot of ways. And I feel like what you describe as your passion going to work sometimes is is seeing that manifestation of being that wolf and creating an ecosystem or an environment where people can come and thrive and and develop something that was previously not served. Well, I think too, kind of what you were describing is it's really a the important part of education that um, is a foundation of nonprofits in in so many ways, and that. I remember when I was talking about when I was younger, have I always been had a compassionate heart? And, and I just remember like, oh my gosh, look at all the trees that they're cutting down. But then I go to work at a conservation group and I realized that that's part of a habitat cycle. So I was educated and I was, uh, was smarter for it. Kind of like now at Hope for the Warriors, that, you know, I've always been you know honored to um, know that my grandfathers both um, both served uh, during the Korean uh, Korean conflict era and was very proud of that, but didn't grow up in a military family, but always had a respect for the flag, respect for our country. But until I started to work at Hope for the Warriors, I didn't really understand all the nuances and all the sacri- what sacrifice means. I mean, you can say, you know, we appreciate the sacrifice and, and those are wonderful words, but to really understand what those sacrifices are to an individual, that's when it gets real. That's when right. it gets that work really takes a turn to where it becomes um, very honest, very um, sometimes heartbreaking, but also at the same time, very fulfilling when you realize that you're, you're working as hard as you can to be part of the solution. Yeah. You almost recognize the weight of your responsibility when you can see it, on the faces of those who is it's serving. Mm-hmm. Now, what was your first experience? I remember you telling me a story. Like, how did you get introduced to Hope for the Warriors and, and the services that they provide? Yeah, so this is the part where everybody will have hopefully their aha moment of what in the world have they been talking about? With <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> 18 years serving the wild turkeys. It's got to come somewhere. We're talking about wolves and turkeys, but eventually we're going to get to the warriors, I'm sure. <laughs> well, but that's the, well, I was working at the National Turkey Federation. Uh, we uh, partnered with Hope for the Warriors, and that was my first you know, exposure to the organization at all. And it was um, a turkey hunt that we were co-hosting or hosting for them for um, three women, um, two of them, one was active duty and one was um, a veteran and the other one was a military spouse. And uh, my job at the time, because I was uh, writing a magazine article, was I was following these women. I spent a day with each of them in the turkey woods, in the blind, and just learned about them as individuals in their journey and um, framed it within the context of, you know, the reality of a day in in the woods together to where all you can do is just sit and either stare at each other and whisper and talk, you know, 
at that point you start you know, getting a little punch drunk and like start <laughs> laughing and you really get to know someone. And so for me, that was, um, I guess about, it's just scratched the surface, but I was like, Oh yeah, I, I've learned a little bit more about it. It isn't just people who are you know, actively serving. There are these other communities within what we would call like the warrior community um, who sacrifice and serve as well. I mean, these are, um, wives and, and these were you know, wives and moms and, and people who actually served and people who um, were leading others who served. And so there were a lot of different layers that unfolded for me on that trip, just getting to know those three women and um, getting to know them through you know, what eventually would be Hope for the Warriors, unbeknownst to me. I'd, I'd actually work there right. one day at the time. But, um, but that was my first exposure to it. And um, as as life would have it, or our fate, or our God's plan, whichever one you want to um, jump on, but um, it's just hope for the words was a reoccurring thing in my life as as it unfolded at the Turkey Federation and started meeting people and, and crossing paths and in some of the most unlikely places like at NASCAR races and, and things like that, but. It just kept um, becoming part of part of my journey, and and ultimately ended up being um, where I decided to to move to, where I decided to take the next step in my career. Was there any doubt in that step that you took when you decided to take the step from the wildlife, or the National Wildlife Turkey Federation, and into? Hope for the Warriors. Was there any doubt in your heart that you were doing that right step? I, you know, I there wasn't any doubt that I was moving to the right, making the right step and moving to the right cause. Um, but the doubt really came as, like I said before, I, I didn't grow up in a military family. And so you always have that, I guess, a little bit of trepidation in saying, all right, do I even really know? Like, do I even right. know how to do this? Do I even know how to, um, I mean, am I going to be accepted because I didn't serve? And am I, um, you know, am I going to you know, feel sub, you know, subpar because, because I didn't have those same experiences and I didn't elect to make that sacrifice. And so there was probably a little right. bit of security, I guess is the best way to solve it. And um, that was, has been, so far from the truth. Um, the reality is um, what I really appreciate about hope. And this is something that really stood out to me is the importance that we place on bringing together civilian and military communities to make a difference. And it's breaking down the barriers of these insecurities like I had or our um, just mistruths or, or assumptions or, or all those types of things. And, um, and really keeping that dialogue going and that it's about mutual respect. It's respect, obviously, for the service of the military and the sacrifices they made. But then also, too, there's that respect that you know, our generation has, that the, the military has for the civilian community who does support them. And there's so much mutual appreciation and so much of what we do that it's very fulfilling. And actually, you know, all of those doubts that I had before have since gone away. Do you remember what it was for you that that helped you get over the insecurity to use 
your words of feeling like you didn't belong because of something that you didn't bring, you know, to the table as far as serving or actually having military experience. Like, do you remember that time when you were like, Oh, you know what? No, I, I'm passionate about this. I've been patriotic my whole life and, and I belong here. And this is, this is for me. Yeah, there, there has, there was that one moment and it's happened a couple of times since then that still is hard for me to wrap my brain around to where I'm just speaking to a service member or to a veteran and, and learning more about them and they're learning more about me. And when they find out what I do for a living, they look at me and thank me for what I do and thank me for my service. And I think, what? I mean, like, are you serious? They would. It's so strange to hear that. Yeah, it, it's like it just—it just feels so strange you know, to, um, but that goes back to that—that that mutual respect, you know, that we're all here to support each other, and so that was a very strange, very humbling, but very defining moment for me. Positioning from that, and talking about those experiences and. Tell us a little more about your experience specifically with an individual who has received care from Hope for the Warriors. I'm sure. And so this is um, this is another one of those bridging moments from my past career to my current career in that um, I had um, heard about and um, through my, my friends that I'd made through Hope for the Warriors um, but while I was still at the Turkey Federation um, about this fella. His name is um, Christian Brown. He's a Marine Corps corporal um, and um, was injured when he stepped on an IED and he's um, a double amputee. Um, so just talk about sacrifice. There you go wow. right there. And um, But I had heard about him and um, – and ended up meeting him at a turkey hunt in Tennessee. And it was actually the, the Tennessee governor's one-shot turkey hunt. So finally had the chance to actually go up to him and just introduce myself and say, you know what, you and I have some mutual friends at Hope for the Warriors that so they think the world of you and, and he thinks the world of them. And so it was that was kind of a cool thing. Um, just mostly just to, you know, extend my hand to say, hey, we know people, right? You know, we, we know we have some similar friends, but it wasn't until after I went to work at Hope for the Warriors that I understood like how um, Christian Brown really um, illustrates what we do because there are so many moving parts to the programs that we offer and, and so many different facets to it that sometimes it can be hard to describe. But the best way to really describe it is that when someone comes to Hope for the Warriors, we join them on their journey. And Christian Brown's a great example of that. So he came to us and he, he was receiving um, clinical services. So we have clinicians and social workers and um, on staff and they offer a variety of services. And um, so I think that's where he first engaged with us. And then I'm, I'm probably getting the timeline totally. I don't think we're going to hold it against you. Wacky, but, um, <laughs> 
So he comes in for that, and then you know, that he also participates in our outdoor adventure program, which um, awesome. it's hunting and fishing trips. And the whole idea behind that is to bring together um, people just in the vein of com- right. camaraderie and experiences and that healing power of being outdoors. So that, of course, resonated with me because that's you know part of what I had built my career on, and I understood that and part of my you know my lifestyle as well. And then. When people enter into into our community, enter into our family, if you want to call it that, the Hope family, uh, there's a variety of different events that you can engage in. So, like we have you know, golf tournaments and just different things. But the idea is to build that community um, around that individual or that individual belonging to our community. But the coolest part of it, where it came really full circle with him, is. Um, we have um, an alliance, a strategic alliance with the Gary Sinise Foundation, and they build um, smart homes, adaptive homes for veterans. And um, so we work alongside their RISE program, and we have um, a program called Make a House a Home. And so they're receiving this home, but then we take something that's going to um, not only, you know, help them, you know, in their, in their home life, their, I guess, really elevate their lifestyle. And so you had Christian who uh, obviously is a diehard hunter, loved it. And um, he really enjoyed making game calls like duck calls, turkey calls. And so the make a house, a home um, warrior's wish that we granted uh, was to build a woodworking shop behind his house and then provide the equipment, following up the equipment, the woodworking equipment that he needed to um, to build this hobby. It was just something that he really enjoyed doing that he has in turn developed into a small business. So really cool deal. And then now he's employing other veterans, you know, and it's a, I think it's a small but thriving business that he has. And, uh, that's the cool part because now he's giving back. So he came and there's so many parts of hope for the warriors that impacted his life and helped get him to the point or helped you know, establish I guess, him to the wow. point of where he's, he is able to give back. And, you know, hope for the warriors is weird. There's so many wonderful organizations within the, the veteran service community, of course, that contribute to people's lives. But I think what makes us stand out, like I said, is that, um, that, on, that ongoing journey. And it's not like, here's a check or here's your service check mark. See you later. You know, that type of thing. It's all right, let's, let's talk about what those needs are and let's impact the whole person and that, and their, their well being and kind of rest- what we, say is we restore self, family, and hope. And that um, that family part of it is also very important to us because restoring someone to what their new normal is, whether it's transitioning out of the military into a civilian career or um, rehabilitation after um, tragic injuries um, or just trying to figure out you know, what life is outside of, of the military, um, all of those things aren't just about that service member or that veteran as an individual. It's all about also bringing along the family and the people who care and love for, you know, love them as well. And so we have a variety of programs that are geared toward military families. Um, the backpack initiative, as we were talking about too, really benefits families and children. Right. And then also too, we, we don't leave behind the caregivers. 
and the people who also need a little bit of a, a lot of encouragement too, because they also have sacrificed a lot. And then also the families of the fallen that, um, that making them understand or helping them understand that they're still part of our community as well, because they gave the ultimate sacrifice, which is, is giving up a loved one. Um, yeah. We interviewed a in their service. Lieutenant Colonel currently serving in the uh, army now, uh, Spencer Wallace. And prior to that interview, I was doing a little bit of homework and I interviewed a, or I, I spoke to a veteran that I know who served in the Marines, who's um, now working in corporate America. And he said, hey, make sure when you speak to him, you not only thank him for your, his service, that's a given, but you thank him and you thank his family because not everyone gets the appreciation or the thanks for what it really truly feels like to be a, a family member of someone that's serving overseas. And I, I always get a little bit choked up when I see those videos of the dad who surprises the, the kid at the ball game and comes back. You know, you know what I'm talking about? It's like they, that always gets to me. And I think it yeah, gets no. to me because I, I can't really put my finger on like dad's not coming home for dinner because he's out making sure that we're safe. You know, like that's like a heavy, you know, it's, that's a heavy concept that, it, you yeah. know, I'm, I'm fortunate and thankful that we have the men and women that hope for the warriors help support that have done that and given that sacrifice. So I feel like that's why we we've, we're together today. That's why we spent this time on the podcast talking about it. And I really just like to, to close out sort of bringing this back to what you spoke about in that last bit about Christian and, and it's about the tribe and it's about the community aspect of it. And one question I had for you was with the MVPs and like Joey Mack, like, so what exactly is that role and how does Joey Joey's role play. So MVP to us stands for military um, veteran program. So there may be coordinators or managers, you know, within that program, but everyone who is an MVP for us is um, they're employed full time by hope for the warriors and they're all veterans and they are stationed out in, in communities to network within that, that military community there. I mean, they're veterans themselves. They, right. um, you know, engage in activities that uh, where they can make connections with with military families and uh, recruit them for our events. You know, and and get to know people and get to know. Um, you know, is it you know, is this fella over here just you know having a hard time and just really needs a day out, like go to a ball game with his son. You know, just to kind of forget the troubles for a little while and really have that time to connect and have that quality time to connect, you know, with his, his son or daughter, you know, those are the types of experiences that we provide in, in communities across the country to where it's, it's um, making our, our, our nation's veterans feel like, I mean, are feel like the rock stars that they are, but there's someone that MVP is there to help them along the way to be there and, and, and with understanding more so than I would ever be able to provide because um, they've been there, they've done that, they've served. And, um, 
but to also to serve as that connection to opportunity that um, like what we talked about earlier for me is being a part of the nonprofit world. I got to have gotten to meet so many great people and see so many things. I mean, you know, what good are we if we don't pass those opportunities along to, to other people to um, give them those, those types of experiences that are going to be so impactful in their life beyond just that the day of or that experience, but those memories that they share with their family or the stories that they tell with a group of friends that were there together. I mean, those are the kinds of things that um, really what Hope for the Warriors is doing, what you're doing with this 5K. I mean, you're creating that kind of experience. Thank you. And it's exciting. You know, I think what we're tapping into, at least on the good network side of it, is that it's one thing to talk about people that are out doing good. And, and that's great. You know, the more news and the more stories we can have around those people, the better. But it's another thing to go and, and create good or inspire good. You know, getting back to that wolf analogy, it's, it's about being the organization or the source of change in a community or an ecosystem and saying, we can come in here, create behavior that's different, get a girl like Karen Lee who doesn't typically run Tough Mudders, but her dad always raised her to be patriotic and her family always cared about the military and, and supported those who served. And getting a woman or a girl like her out to say, I'm going to go run and support this and also join a community of other people that are like-minded and doing the same thing. And then in the process of that, there are military vets that are going to be out there with us, joining us, also benefiting by just being there. Aside from the monetary donations, aside from the backpacks and the books and the school supplies, just the action of being out on that sunny day on July 7th at Washington Lake Park in New Jersey, just being out there together struggling, you know, running 3.1 miles is part of what this is really all about and a bigger part really of what this is all about. And I, I really just want to thank you guys for your partnership and, and thank you for jumping in on this with us. It's, it's been a pretty nice, awesome journey for us since we, for our first interview with Patty, all the way to just learning more about what Hope for the Warriors is about from, uh, ironically enough, another double amputee that we know, Rob Jones, who has run you know, multiple marathons across the country and done a number of different events and community organizing events as a Marine, um, but also turned us on to Hope for the Warriors and the Semper Fi Fund among, among other organizations. So to partner with you, to work with you on this, to support your organization means a lot to us. And we're, we're really happy to do it. And, and thank you for taking the time to come on the podcast today. It's always an honor to be chosen to, to be the beneficiary of an experience like that. Um, 
and it's also an honor to to be able to share the story of hope. And um, so I appreciate you allowing me to do that with this interview. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening and thanks for tuning in for another episode of The Good Network. Hope you enjoyed that episode with Karen. It was great sitting down and interviewing her and learning more about her experience with Hope for the Warriors and more about her experience with nonprofits and just really the impact of what Hope for the Warriors means for the communities, for the families, and for the the soldiers who have served and protected uh, our country. So if you get a chance, go out and check them out. Uh, please, uh, if you can and feel inclined to donate on our website for the 5K, please do so. And we'd love to see you out there. July 7th, Washington Lake Park in New Jersey. We're starting at 9 a.m. So hopefully it's a, you get there a little early, start your day off with a nice 5K, and, and hopefully enjoy the, the tail end of the 4th of July weekend. But thanks again for listening. Thanks again. This podcast, as always, is sponsored by Military Java Group. And look out because we're going to have some awesome cups of chava coming your way. So stay tuned for more from them. Stay tuned for more episodes of the Good Network. But for that, until then, it's Mike D. Friend. Have a great day. See you guys.